Uh, that brick wall that the Halos ran into on Tuesday night, that was Framber Valdez. Man, what a game he pitched. But also, can we swing at pitches in the strike zone and not everything in the dirt or outside of the strike zone? We're going to talk about what Framber did right and what the Halos did wrong. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, including Sirius XM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. We love five stars. We are the Super Halo Brothers, so it makes sense why we like stars. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. The championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check, and you can stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com is where you find all of the details. eBay Guarantee Fit is only for U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thank you for being here for this episode of Lockdown Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thank you for being here with us. We're fans of this team for for a very long, 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 long time. And it's our second season here at Lockdown Angels. And we're so happy to be the team that you can rely on to be your number one daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Lockdown Everydayers, those of you who join us every single day. First of all, if you're not a Lockdown Everydayer, come on, get in our views, get in our listens, get in our plays, and be a Lockdown Everydayer. Just so you know, Fan Mail Friday's coming up. There's no game on Thursday, so there won't be a game to recap on Friday, which means that we have Lots of time for your questions. On today's show, we're going to talk about Jared Walsh and his health and where he stands in terms of coming back to the Halos. And then we're going to take a look at Phil Nevin's post-game press conferences and kind of discuss, is his uh, forwardness, his honesty, is that helpful to him, to the team, to us as fans? We'll talk about it. But first, Mike, got to talk about the way Framberg Valdez sliced and diced the Angels on Tuesday night, they lost three to one to Framber Valdez. Yeah, let's start by just giving him a high five. He pitched a heck of a game and struck out, I think, everybody in this lineup. Angels struck out 13 times last night. They only had three hits against Valdez, lots of soft contact, no walks, and Valdez averaged about 15 pitches per inning. John, there yeah. was a few moments that killed the rallies with Trout on base. There was a catcher interference when Otani was at the plate. And I would rather see Otani hit than get on base, right? And so that put him on base and then it brought up Rendon and Renfro and they just could not figure out Valdez no. at all. Renfro just looked completely lost at the plate. Also, uh, we talk a lot about runners in scoring position. Halos had one runner in scoring position. <laughs> And so they went 0 for 1. And so, I mean, if you don't get runners on base, then your runners in scoring position average doesn't really get affected, Yeah, you got, right? you got a great average then. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and then the last thing, Johnny, Marcus Timms talked a lot about how the Halos approach is to be aggressive on first pitch and the Halos approach is to be aggressive on pitches in the zone. Right. It just seemed like they were aggressive on that first pitch last night. And it seemed like they weren't aggressive on pitches in the zone. And I, I'm not a baseball player. I, I don't claim to be one. I just pretend to be one on this podcast. And I'll tell you, watching Valdez pitch last night, if I'm at the plate, I'm taking strike one no matter what. Because mm-hmm. he was cruising, and it just felt like we helped him out a lot by swinging at that first pitch and making contact. Mm-hmm. Although I get maybe swinging at it 
because a lot of the pitches would have been out of the zone. But then the Angels chased almost everything out yeah. of the zone. And Valdez had great control over all of his pitches, but it just seemed like the Angels were helping him out a lot last night. Big time. And the fact that he was getting all the swings and misses on pitches below the zone, a lot of those were out of the zone. And I know that you have to make an adjustment, but the Angels didn't seem to make that adjustment. And then yeah. when they had cookies that were, I think I saw an 80-mile-an-hour pitch at the top of the zone that Rendon or Renfro watched go by. Those guys were watching pitches go by. They ever, they were just fooled. And, yep. and honestly, that's what it comes down to. The Angels didn't make the adjustment. They were fooled all night. Framber Valdez had them beat from pitch one, basically, because, yeah. again, they were swinging at stuff out of the zone. You'd think the first go-around, you might think, you know what? He's got to, I got to get him to bring that sinker up. I got to get him to put something in the zone. If he wants to strike me out, he's going to have to do it the hard way, but they just kept making it easy on him. Hey, big news from this game was a couple of big news, actually. Uh, Zach Neto got his first career home run as a big leaguer while Reggie Jackson was in the booth. And yeah. Gooby pointed out it's kind of the same area where Jackson hit his at Angel Stadium. And he was wearing number nine at the time when he got his first home run. And Zach Neto was wearing number nine. So props to Zach Neto. Shout out to him and his whole family. They're very excited about that first big league home run. I feel like he was due, Mike, especially going yeah. the other way with that one. That was pretty cool to see, too, because he's got power to all fields, man. And he's got some pull power. But I was surprised to see that one go to right field and, and hit that. Uh, out it wasn't even off the wall it was it was out of there right yeah and when Lindsey Crosby was on this show uh he hosts our locked on prospects show on the locked on podcast network there's a plug um he actually said that Zach Neto's power is gap to gap so it's more doubles power it'll probably turn into more home runs as he gets stronger and gets Mm -hmm. older yeah he's 22 he's a guy who's probably going to hit 30 35 maybe even 40 doubles a year and so where he hit that ball is exactly where his power is, so that was great to see. And Johnny, it's always exciting when Shohei Otani is on the mound, yeah. and we always have hope that we're going to win the game. Like, there's not going to be a, a, a pitching struggle in that game, and he, right. he looked good in this one. It was just in that one particular inning when he gave up three runs, he kind of lost focus a bit, and you think giving up three runs, you'd still be in the game, but the Halos yeah. just couldn't back him up. But he went right. seven innings, gave up six hits, walked three, struck out seven through 103 pitches, First loss of the year for Shohei Otani. But again, Framber, tip of the cap to him because he pitched a heck of a game last night and looked fantastic. He led the major leagues in complete games last year with three and almost went a full nine last night. That Otani is working with Chris Oakey, who was just yes. called up in Wallachstead, who was on the seven-day IL with uh, originally, it was neck problems, reportedly, but now it's more concussion issues. Yeah. Uh, Gary Sanchez signed with the Mets, Mike, so he's not an option anymore if they need some catching depth. Yeah. Uh, they're getting really thin at that position. Yeah. Hopefully, Wallach can get back right away uh, at the end of his seven-day IL stint, which goes back to Sunday the 7th, and so he would be able to come off the IL after that. Edgar Caro, Mike, you think so? I think that's a, a fun option there. But yeah. The thing is, he brings a good bat. He does. And, and, and I mean, obviously, we're talking about this the day after Framber Valdez shuts down our offense. But in terms of good bats, I, I think that we have enough of those. But I would love to see Edgar Caro come on up and see what he can do. I was surprised that they had Chris Oakey work with, yeah. with Otani, uh, considering Thice uh, could probably go again today or I should say yesterday against Otani or with Otani. Um, speaking of which, Otani makes more history, Mike. He's got 
he just surpassed Babe Ruth, actually, the with his 502nd strikeout. And, of course, he ended up with seven more than that last night. And so he makes more history to put him ahead of Babe Ruth in terms of players who have 100 home runs and 500 strikeouts. So, again, the unicorn is just doing Otani things back on the mound at the plate. Just incredible to see him break another record. And, and you know, for 100 years, we talk about Babe Ruth, greatest player of all time because he did both and whatnot. I mean, Otani's here, man, and he's yeah. doing things that uh, that he that o- that Babe Ruth could not do in this day and age because right. Otani's not playing against plumbers and construction workers, <laughs> right? Uh, no insult to what Babe Ruth was able to do, but if we regard him and hold him in such high regard, like Otani is right there. He's surpassing him on all those levels. Now the good news yeah. is the angels are 20 and 17. And and I say good news because the Rangers lost, they got shut out by George Kirby, who was carving them up yep. last night. And I know that because locked on Mariners convinced me to draft George Kirby to my fantasy team, which was a great move. <laughs> so there's still that. two games back of the Rangers. So everybody's still kind of keeping pace in the AL West. And speaking of which, the Astros are still here. We're playing them at 107 Pacific time today. So make sure you tune into that early game. It's Griffin Canning versus Christian Javier, who's also going to be another challenge on the mound. You can yep. catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. And coming up on Lockdown Angels is an honest Phil Nevin press conference. Good for the team or good for the fans. We're going to talk about that coming right up. Lockdown Angels is brought to you by So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all across 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. They're collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. Head to SoRare.com slash today. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com. You can draft your team for free and set your lineup and start competing today to win really great rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com dot com slash locked on MLB. Get started today. We want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Locked On Everydayers, don't forget to submit your questions for Fan Mail Friday. You can do so at Locked On Angels on Twitter or at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to give us a call on our voicemail line, the number is in the episode description and I got it on the screen for you here on YouTube 714 409-6396. We'd love to hear from you. We've got lots of time on Friday to take your questions. So we're looking forward to that. Again, don't forget that today's game against the Astros is a day game. It's a getaway game because the Angels are headed to Cleveland this weekend. It starts at 107 Pacific time. Catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Johnny, I miss Jared Walsh. Me I really too, do, man. Come a game, on. A game like we played last night, it would have been nice to have Walsh's bat in the lineup and just extending that lineup. I would love to see, have seen that. Can I just say that I appreciate that you accidentally spelled Jared Walsh's uh, Jared the way that you spelled Jared Weaver, J-E-R-E-D. It's actually Jared is a regular Jared. But hey, you know what? Anytime we can reference Weaver, I'm, I'm good with that. So ding. 
put one I up did, for Weir. I did that for you. Yeah, All right, so I'm sure you did. Yeah, because you're my favorite brother. Um, <laughs> speaking of Jared Walsh, Sam Blum had a really great article this past weekend about Walshy. Here's a couple of notes. His mom, Lisa Walsh, go, found Lisa. a facility in Utah to get Walshy some help. For a long time, he actually kept his illness a secret, and mm-hmm. we know that he'd been playing through a lot of pain last year. And he had that thoracic outlet syndrome issue. And he said he played through it as long as he could. Getting help ended up being the only option. Mm -hmm. Here's a quote from Walshy from that article. It's been hell. Not knowing what's going on. Not understanding what's going on in my body. Being in the prime of my life. The prime of my career. And not being able to get any answers. Not being able to figure out why I can't do basic tasks it's been pretty concerning for me. While she believes that the neurological symptoms were really uh, kind of grew because of the problems with the thoracic outlet syndrome. Mm-hmm. And then he also mentioned that COVID really messed with him as well. Yeah. And so John, like he was, he was bumping into walls. He was losing his yeah, balance. No depth perception. Mike, Th- he was playing with these issues and catching baseballs at first base with no depth perception. He's, wow. yeah, tremors, body tremors, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, he had that treatment program in Utah. He would go from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily, outpatient, so he stayed at a hotel. Uh, that It involved a lot of cardio training, um, balance work, neurological training, and, and simple body movements because, again, those tremors were really affecting him. Yep. He had vision training as well so he could get his depth perception back. You imagine... There's a great video on on uh, that floats around the internet, and I think it's on YouTube. But basically, it talks about the split second decision a hitter has to make as the ball is being pitched toward them, and the window of opportunity is like .006 to make Jeez. a decision in terms of seconds. And so Walsh is dealing with this these symptoms, trying to catch pitches or catch throws at first base, and trying to hit pitches at home plate. He said that uh, doctors who have seen this before see and people who have had it much worse than him they have like fully recovered so they don't believe that this is going to affect his career long term and as far as returning we have heard that he could start a rehab assignment this weekend but he doesn't want to jump the gun i think he wants to play he he doesn't want to play through it without addressing his symptoms he said he's listening to his body and that takes priority over desire to play through it he says there's going to be some work to do to come back and maintain his health, there's hope, um, and that by giving his brain what it needs now, it adapts and allows him to be his usual, usual self. Walsh said, this is again from Sam Blum's athletic article, great article, please read that. Understanding that if I'm walking into walls and doing weird stuff like that, I'm probably not in the best position to be reactionary. I've met <laughs> a lot of really smart people over the past few months. They've really renewed my optimism quite a bit. They're optimistic. I'm going to be back as good as news. So I'm just going to take their word for it. So, man, talk about a guy who, again, trying to play through this last season, wants to be part of the team. Mike, I came across a comment. I'm not sure where it was, but it kind of upset me because somebody said he was playing with these symptoms all last year and he didn't say anything. Mm. And I just had to say, first of all, it's really hard to ask for help because of responses like that. And I'm yeah. pointing the finger if you're listening yeah. on the audio side because of responses like that. The fact that he had to hide what he was going through is because of the fear of the responses that he would get from 
fans or critics or what have you that it's really hard to ask for help, especially if you know that something like that is on the other side. So I give Jared Walsh all the credit, all the props and all the courage for having the courage to step out and get some help and and really ask for it. I'm so glad his mom took it upon herself to get this done. It makes me want to root for him even more. Mike. You know, when he was playing, Trouty was out and the Angels were in the midst of a, a really terrible season. Mm-hmm. And so he had this deep responsibility to try to stay in there and to try to help. Yeah, he wasn't helping like he could, but I wonder how many players carry that around, Johnny. I wonder how many players feel the responsibility of needing to stay in there. We just got word that when Suarez was pitching, he stayed in there even though his elbow was hurt because he wanted to prove himself. And and I know we've been frustrated with him, and I know that everybody puts DFA behind his name like they do with Aaron Loop, right? Uh, The reality is that I, I think he really is feeling the pressure and, and he's a major league baseball player. Nobody yeah. wants to be sent down. Nobody wants to be sat down either. And I think that a lot of these guys deep within them are feeling the responsibility to perform, even if they're not at full health and full capacity. Mm-hmm. And and I, you don't know what kind of pressure they have from the organization. I mentioned this on this show not too long ago. I have a friend um, and his wife is a professional soccer player mm-hmm. and she hurt her knee and then she tore her ACL and had like two back-to-back injuries. And privately, she's really struggling because what's expected of her is not something that she can actually fulfill right now. Right. Even though she's rehabbing and trying to come back, she's 25 years old, yeah. going to be able to bounce back. Sure. But she's carrying around the weight of, I got to get healthy, but she's also carrying around the weight of, I want to be responsible and I want to be there for the fans. So yeah. I, I feel for somebody like Jared Walsh. I feel for somebody like Jose Suarez. Yes, I don't want them to play injured. Yes, I want them to perform well. Yes, I don't want them to hurt our team. But the human side of all of this is something that we can't forget about. Because yeah. like you and like me, we've had, this is a terrible example, but there have been moments where we've walked through this show and I'm losing my voice and you're losing your voice. Yes. But we love being here. <laughs> like we love me doing earlier. this. <laughs> right. We love being here and we love doing this. And, and we don't want it to be dumb. We don't want it to not be excellent, right? But we want to be here because we enjoy this and we enjoy interacting with those that watch and listen. Yes. And and yes, there are times where we need to take a break and we have. I think the same is true for these ball players. I think a lot of players try to fight through the pain and Rendon talked about that earlier this year and mm-hmm. he wants to think about what happens in his future. And so good on Walshy for taking some time and actually getting healthy. And regarding Jose Suarez, uh, there, I saw a lot of different takes on it and it was like, well, if he knew he was hurt, why did he go back out there? Because the same comments, Mike, and excuse me, but like it's it's damned if you do and damned if you don't. Because yeah. Jose Suarez, if he took the day off, they would have said, well, he's a wuss for not pitching. And then he actually <laughs> goes out there and, oh, he's not a team player because he didn't tell people he was hurt. He just wants to protect his job. No, they needed innings. They needed a starter to go out there and get innings because the bullpen was all used up. You saw how they had to go to chase Silseth, and Jose Suarez didn't want that. So it's a catch-22. It doesn't matter what these guys do. There's always going to be critics. So as listeners of Locked on Angels, this is our only platform, so this is who we get to speak to. Let's slow our roll a little bit when it comes to these players on the field and have some compassion and empathy and remember the humans under the helmets, the humans under the hats that we watch for our entertainment, right? That's really what it comes down to at the end of the at the end of the day. These guys are are real human beings. 
behind it. And, uh, and they, they've earned the spot that they're at, and that's why they are compensated well. And I know people like to say, well, if they're compensated well, they should get out there. They should do this or they should do that. It's none of our business at the end of the day. They, they get compensated because they're good at what they do. And, and to me, with Jared Walsh, as much as I miss him on the field, to me, it's health over everything else. Health, health, health. First, take care of yourself. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind. And get back out there when you're ready to go. Johnny, over the weekend, Phil Nevin had a press conference that was unlike no other press conference he's had so far as the manager. Uh, we we heard from Phil Nevin a, a very different posture and approach to the media. He said things like, after the game against the Rangers, for example, players didn't adjust, defense wasn't good, players didn't know where they should be. Mm-hmm. And so all of these words caught the attention of fans, and it caught my attention and your attention. Yeah. Because Phil was... I want to say unusually honest about the play on the (laughs) field instead of saying we really like him in that spot and we really like that, right? Like it was very different. And I felt like it was the first time that we got kind of raw and real Phil. But it did did cause a question for us. And I'm going to ask it out loud and I would love to hear your thoughts and I'll share some of my thoughts. Is this good? Mm-hmm. And, and and I know that that's kind of an ambiguous question, right? Like, what is good, right? So let me let me tease it out a little bit. Who does this help? Mm-hmm. How does this help? Mm-hmm. And should it continue? Why don't you start us? Yeah, when I think about is this good and who does this help, it's certainly good for us fans to hear the honesty from Phil Nevin. I think, Mike, that oftentimes, especially in the last two years with the state-run media approach that the Angels have taken. We have no insight into the fact that, hey, if there's a problem on the field, like obviously if something isn't working, are they even doing anything to address it? Are they even taking responsibility? I mean, you think about Rendon and and the errors that he's had over at third base, which are so frustrating because in one inning, he'll make a spectacular play and then in the next, he'll throw the ball away. It's like, Hey, has there been a, a conversation addressing that? And and you'd like to think yes, but obviously you have no idea because it's stuff that takes place behind closed doors. So I, I do think that the accountability is good for fans. I think it's good for the team to know that they have to take some responsibility for what took place. And again, after that game against the Rangers, it was one of those games where you just feel like everything's getting away from you. You've got to clean it up. And I yep. and I like the th- fact that they had that conversation with Benji Gill working with all the infielders saying, if you want to win it all, you have to show me and show me that you're willing to do everything that you can. That totally changed my outlook on on the team. And, and it really felt good as a fan. Now, as far as the team goes, I, I it, you know, it could be a little bit frustrating to know that you got those words from your manager, but he didn't single anybody out. He didn't single anyone out like you saw with Ollie Marmol and the Cardinals. And there was some back and forth earlier this season there with a specific player. I think it was Tyler O'Neill, him and and Ollie Marmol got into it back and forth and he called him out. You don't see that with Phil Nevin. And I don't think you would see that with Phil Nevin because I feel like (laughs) we've said this before. Phil Nevin feels like that dad figure on this team where he's. 
He's tough around the edges, but he's also going to give you that pat on the back. And we've seen enough of that from Phil Nevin. So I, I do like the fact that he didn't single anybody out, but he said, we've all got to be better. Here's where we failed. And here's what we need to do to improve. What are your thoughts on this? I liked it as a fan, but here's the question I have. I wonder if there's a conversation happening in the clubhouse one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. or with the whole team. Mm -hmm. If there isn't a conversation in the clubhouse one-on-one -on -one or with the whole team, then I don't like it at all because you mentioned it. Phil Nevin's like dad. Here's what happens a lot in, in mom and dad relationships, right? I'm a dad. I have three kids. What happens a lot in mom and dad relationships is dad <laughs> tells mom to tell the kids how he feels about them, right? Okay. Instead of dad telling the kids. And if Phil is sitting in front of a microphone and answering questions and saying, players didn't adjust and this and that and those things, I I'm all about that. But it feels a bit passive aggressive if huh. he's not addressing the team in the clubhouse, if yeah. he's not talking one-on-one -on -one with the players. And I think that maybe perhaps he is because Benji Gill taking the infielders and doing what you said he did and saying, hey, if you want to win, you got to, show me that you're willing to do everything. That's like, what makes me think he is addressing it with the clubhouse. I agree. You know? I agree. And I so I hope that that's happening because if it is, then I think it's actually beneficial for us as fans because we're seeing things and then Phil saying, I'm seeing it, guys. I'm yeah. seeing it, girls. I'm yeah. seeing it, fans, right? And so it does help with that narrative of state-run media. I agree with you there. But I hope more of this conversation is happening inside of the clubhouse. I hope it's happening one-on-one -on -one with the players because there have been times in the past, you know I'm a Chicago Bulls fan from the 90s, and Phil Jackson would have conversations with his players. There was a couple of times where he would drop some nuggets, even with the Lakers, about certain players in the media, mm -hmm. and it seemed to come after he had a conversation conversation with them privately and didn't get anywhere so mm. he used the media as kind mm. of leverage to push them in a direction so yeah i'm all about that because i think that one it helps us to be informed as fans two it does put some accountability on these players three it means that he's actually having the conversation behind the scenes with the players and those that need to adjust and need to pivot and need to get better the best thing to come out of this is that you don't have uh Phil Nevin getting fired like Joe Madden did when Sam Blum asked him a simple question and, and Joe Madden said, well, what do you think I should do? Right. <laughs> and then Joe Madden was gone the very next day. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Sam, don't get Phil fired, please. <laughs> it's always Sam's fault. Let's hashtag blame Sam blame Blum. Sam. <laughs> don't be negative, right? Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Again, the Angels play the Astros game three of the series is at 107 Pacific time. Griffin Canning looks for his third straight victory. I'm pretty confident with him on the mound. If he can hold the Astros down, I think that we can come through because the opposing pitcher is really good. Javier is really good. So you can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, be sure you get at us at Locked On Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're on YouTube, please comment below. We really appreciate that. It helps out the channel and we love interacting with you. We try to get to all your comments. Mike, tomorrow's show, we're going to recap this game against the Astros, obviously. And I'm going to ask this question. We have a winning record, but why doesn't it feel that way? What do you right. <laughs> I mean, we're 20 and 17, two games back. But if you would have, if, if you would have asked Angel fans 
I mean, people are like saying on Twitter, like panic button and people <laughs> yes. are saying trade and people are, <laughs> we're like two games back and we're 20 and 17 right, and it's right. May. It just doesn't feel like we're a winning team if you actually asked Angel fans about that. And so let's wrestle through that tension tomorrow yes. on Locked on Angels. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Don't let that be a spoiler for what we're going to get into because we're going to dive deep into that conversation. So until then, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother, John. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Angels. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Halos, let's go out there and get a win and a series victory over the Astros. And we'll see you back here tomorrow.